Jose with me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? Well, you know, just uh, glad we got some rain. We're one game into football season. Everyone's ready to overreact. Yeah, happy I picked Josh Allen in one of my fantasy leagues. I mean, that was a statement game right there. I mean, yeah. What a great start to the season. I mean, still plenty of football, but great and the, start. And the complete opposite for Cam Akers. I mean, he got as many rushing yards as I did last night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like he really did a whole lot of nothing. I think he, I think it took him longer to put on his uniform than he was actually in the game. Yeah. I mean, just, I don't know what happened, but I mean, they got punched in the mouth early and it didn't look like they wanted to be on that field. Yeah. But, you know, we'll get, we'll get to that in a bit. But to start out, let's talk about our, fantasy draft recap i mean it was definitely an interesting draft it, it had some uh had some interesting selections including uh benito's auto picks uh but deshaun like, watson deshaun it, yeah, watson deshaun watson was one of his picks so you know he was that guy he's the one that chose deshaun and then and then released him um but what were your guys' initial thoughts on the draft did it go the way you wanted it to or did you feel like there was some like picks that kind of made you have to hit the panic button? Um, I mean, just changing up from last year. I mean, obviously, we go from ten to twelve teams this year, so you really have to do your homework, and you're and you're gonna have to pick up, you know, roster spots and the waiver wire this year. But overall, I mean, I go in with a stra- set strategy, but I try and stay as fluid as possible. Obviously. People are going to value someone much higher or much lower. So there's going to be values that you can get. And I'm just, you know, just took it as it came in. And overall, yeah, liked my draft. Yeah, it was um, it was what I expected. Jonathan Taylor going one. We knew Jose was going to go Justin Jefferson number two. Uh, running backs, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, uh, nothing surprised me really. Um, obviously, I was looking for Jamar Chase, but he went at seven. I went with Devonte Adams at eleven. So uh, I was happy with um, my team and who I picked. Honestly, um, the guys that I targeted: Lamar Jackson, um, Scary Terry, are guys that I got. I got Lamar Jackson in the sixth round, which is pretty crazy. I thought he would go earlier than that. Uh, Terry, I got him in the fourth round. Um, one of my favorite picks is probably going to be D uh, hop at a uh, round eight, uh, six game suspension. And, um, let's face it. I mean, he's going to be fresh when a lot of guys aren't going to be. So I think he has a lot to prove. And, you know, at one time he was the best receiver in the game. And I think, uh, you know, he's going to sh- show people why he's still one of the best in the game. Um, other than that, um, I would say my other favorite pick is James Robinson at 11, a guy coming off an Achilles injury um, who is set to play in week one. Uh, we don't know what Travis Etienne is going to bring, and we, we we already know what James Robinson is about. So I don't necessarily think Etienne is going to uh, be the main guy. I think it might be a, a split in the beginning, and, and we'll see who uh, who wins between them. Yeah, but um... – I mean, I I definitely did not expect to go with three wide receivers to start my draft. But when you when you have the cheetah fall to you into the third round, you kind of don't have a choice but to but to take them. 
So it did it did kind of affect my running back strategy a little bit. But you know, I was able to pick up um um Gibson and um Dobbins, who I'm hoping will be ready by like week two or three. And you know, the other guy that I thought was a steal, but apparently, you know, he's not as healthy as I claimed he was as Cam Akers. Um, so I'm definitely hoping I get a return on my investment later on in the season. I uh, I will be patient with him, but I'm not going to hold on to him for the whole year if he's going to, you know, keep putting on performances like last night's. But, you know, you're always going to have selections like that. I'm sure, you know, Brad is um, downing himself a little bit with Matt Stafford, but, you know, you got you got to give them a few weeks to kind of see if they can um, bounce back and be in the form that we know they can be in. Yeah, and I mean, really, depending on how you draft, you know, that sort of sort of gives you a, a leash, right? So, you know, Matt Stafford wasn't what I get him in in, in the ninth round, um, last QB, last starting QB in our league. So, I was happy with him there. There's other options that I that I'm already considering pivoting to, but you know, Matt Stafford was one of those guys in round nine that I was looking for at that run. I knew that there was going to be a QB run, and that's when I was going to be prepared to make my my QB pick. Um, you know, at, at, at that round, I actually I had my order of preference was Trey Lance, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford. Um, but you know, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance went went before both players, so I'll take it for what it is. Um, um, you know, easily pivot. But yeah, I mean, just reviewing my draft. I thought I had, I got good value around the board. My game plan all along was, you know, just to just to get one premier wide receiver and target those value wide receivers later in the draft. Um, first two rounds going running back. Um, I'm a fan of that. And, you know, picking up handcuffs and value where you can, um, you know, in round four is where I, I really saw a lot of reaches going, um, mainly at running back. Um, and this is really where the dead zone is at for me. This running back dead zone, Damian Pierce, um, the hype was high on him. So he goes two rounds earlier than I was expecting and comfortable at taking him. Same thing with Chase Edmonds. You know, he went into fourth. If he fell to me in the sixth, I was going to snag him up. Um, yeah. So those were two players that I was targeting in the sixth round, but they went two rounds ahead. And I, th I think that's what, I think that's sort of what forced that, uh, that running back run in the in the fourth and fifth round. If you didn't already have one, you're pretty much scrambling at that point. And I think that's why you were forced to go with a J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers in round four and five at the turn. Yeah, because you because they have the highest ceiling. But I feel like I did make up for it with um, the later round steals that I made with. Um, getting a guy like Michael Gallup in the 12th round when he's going to be the number two in Dallas. And, you know, he, all indications are he's going to miss less than four weeks. So like, as soon as he comes back, he's going to be an immediate impact player. And the other is Jamison Williams, same thing. They're saying he'll be back by week seven. So he'll be back for like the second half of the fantasy season. And I don't necessarily need him in the first half, you know, like, but he'll be there by the time that my players start having, needing the bye week. So I feel like those will be two great pieces to have on the bench. Um, and especially at the at the stage of the draft that I got them in. 
um what would you guys say there was like um like a, a biggest reach in the draft um uh, i mean i know the automatic is to go with benito but he did have his um, auto auto pick but like um outside of him picking tom brady in the first round was there another player that you guys were just like wow this guy really went here uh yeah uh to me the first uh reach was in round three to that running back in the bay area elijah mitchell yeah. thought it was a reach at round three uh um if i'm picking him again i'm targeting him in the fifth sixth round because that's where i value him with those sort of running backs um and you know obviously it pushed down other wide receivers that I thought should have been picked up in, in round three. Um, another running back that I thought was reached for was, and I said it earlier, Damian Pierce. He's one of those guys where I wasn't really comfortable taking him there. Uh, those were the first two. Those were the ones that really stood out to me. I think for me, it's it's probably Leonard Fournette round two coming in out of shape after a Super Bowl victory. I think that's troubling. Um, I understand he's the main back in Tampa Bay, but um, to come out of shape and to get in shape during the season is not good. He could possibly lose his job. I know they have a rookie running back behind him. Um, also, I would say, um, I hate to say it, but Zeke Elliott, round three. I think he should have. I think that's still high for him um, at that at that spot. Um, I don't know what to expect from him this year he had a decent season last year uh, especially with the offensive line banged up I don't know if he's going to be as productive as he as he was last year um but for for me it's those two uh Brees Hall is kind of a question mark for me as well around three um I know he has a lot of hype surrounding him but uh, we still don't know what that Jets offense is going to look like um with uh Zach Wilson under center for me um the first one that pops out is Javante Williams I think he's gonna have a good year, but the fact that he went ahead of Travis Kelsey, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, like even James Conner, like I feel like all those guys should have gone ahead of him. So I do think, but it's I think it's definitely one of those where um the um the guy that selected him, my ball, Zach Ertz, he he must have really valued him at that pick and he knew he wouldn't be there on the turnaround. So I understand why he took him there, but I personally, like, you guys know how I feel about running backs already, but, like, I definitely wouldn't take a Javante Williams that early in the second round. I just, I don't see the, I don't see him at that level. Um, And the other one, um, I'd have to go with, um, hmm, there's a few in contention, but um, Michael Thomas. Uh, granted, he did go on auto pick to Benito, but he still went in the sixth round, and we still don't really know how, how where his health is at. We know that he he said he's fine, but he also said that that hamstring is almost pretty much torn off the bone. So we know that he's pretty much one wrong move away from being on the shelf again for multiple weeks. So that's a risky pick. The fact that Benito even had him in his um in his queue is uh questionable in and of itself, but we know Benito's very unique with his with who he likes to select. So who knows? Maybe it'll pay off. And the and the other one is Rashad Bateman in the sixth round. Um ooh, ooh. Well, I thought he was a steal. 
he hasn't proven himself yet. He, he like um, what has he really done? I mean, he had an okay year last year, but he he didn't the the numbers didn't really pop out. You know, like we're we're all expecting him to to have that big year this year, but that like, once again, it's like cam makers buying into the hype. Like you know, like when he went, you still had Adam Thielen available. You you still had Jalen Hurts, Hunter Renfro. Um, AJ Dillon, Josh Jacobs, just to name a few. Mari Cooper was still there. Mari Cooper's gonna be the number one in, in Cleveland. Yeah, that's like, a pass. Yeah. Like I, I'm just saying, you know, Bateman could have a big year. He could become the new Marquise Brown in Baltimore. But I mean, we still have to see it actually happen. So it is a lot of buying into the hype. So I thought that that one stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, I like Bateman, especially at that round. I, I, again, it comes down to how you grade these players and how you constructed your roster. You obviously want to play very fluid. Um, but how about steals of the draft? Who are some of these mid-late round values that you really liked? I mean, I'll start it off. To me, I, I thought the best value and, and probably the most clutch move in this entire draft went to... Went to the Lopez brother here, round six and seven turn. Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. He knew running backs were, were were needed, and I thought he took the two best running backs in, in that bunch right there. Um, Devin Singletary, you know, after the first game, he looked pretty good, so he was a pretty good steal. But yeah, I thought for me the the best move was uh was John securing, you know, some running back depth for him. Um, Already a pretty loaded team with, you know, Jonathan Taylor going number one, but getting security behind him, I thought was a smart move. Yeah, I, he, that was a smart move. What about, what about you, Jenny? I really like um, Robert Woods round eight, the real mud dogs, my boy Rodney. I think that is a great value pick. I think he is going to eat in Tennessee. He's going to be a possession guy. He's going to get a lot of catches. Um, I also like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like Kadarius Tony, round nine, another guy uh, that hurts daddy. I feel like he had a great year last year. And in that Giants offense, he's the number one receiver. And I feel like he still has um, a lot of room to grow and he has a high ceiling. Um Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, those and, two for and, me. And to me, like like you indicated earlier, probably the steal of the draft was Lamar, round six. Um, the fact that uh, he fell that far. Yeah, and and I get it. I mean, I if I had to choose between Justin Herbert, and Lamar, I'd lean Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar. That's about where it pushed it. So after Patrick Mahomes, when I thought another QB would definitely come off the board, but um. You know, it took eight picks until he went. I thought he was going to go in round five. So that right there was a was a good pickup, especially when you consider roster construction at that point. If you know, if you don't have running back depth, and if you're wide receiver heavy, you know, Lamar Jackson gives you a nice blend, but that's a pretty risky. Sort of want a balanced squad, and you know, I think I think it sort of fits the team. Yeah, I mean, we should call Junie's team the the team the the steals of the draft because. Um, Kyle Pitts in the third round 
was also a steal. I mean, he was going in the second round in a lot of mock drafts. Like yep. the fact that he fell to the third round, I know, I know Junie had his set rule on, on tight ends, but how can you pass up on a Kyle Pitts when he's there in the third round and he's not supposed to be? It, like, it, it, it was hard because we, you know, Jose, you, you were there with me. I was talking to you about him last year, how I drafted yeah. him super high and he let me down um, in the beginning of the season and, and he came on late. But I do think he is going to have a phenomenal year. I think with Mariotto and, you know, second year in that offense, I think they're going to make him a primary target, especially in the end zone. I mean, the guy only had one touchdown last year. I mean, I expect him to have at least eight touchdowns this year, especially being that yeah. big body. I mean, so positive touchdown regression. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even catch a touchdown pass in America. I mean, he had to go all the way to, to, to you know, to, to London, England, to go and do that. He's definitely going to see much more touchdown work. It, it, it's very rare for it to happen. You yeah. know, you figure he should at least get four. Another one that stood out to me was DK Metcalf to you, Brad. Sixth round, like that. Like to me, that was a drop. Like because he's a when he's on, like he is one of the best in the game, and and he is a touchdown machine too. So like, I mean. Yeah, and DK at that point of draft, it was to me it was definitely a a bargain for you. Yeah, and DK was one of those good uh, those guys. I did consider a Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, but I much rather preferred Cortland Sutton. I thought I thought he was a better wide receiver of that duo, and it right. just came down to you know if I wasn't going to get DK Metcalf, I was going to look at Tyler Lockett, you know, in round nine, uh, round eight, right around there, but. DK Metcalf was there for me and I valued him more than, you know, Bateman, Thielen, Renfro. He is a clear number one. And at certain, you know, when some of the questions that I have for myself when I'm drafting these players is, uh, you know, it's obviously how, where are they on the depth chart? How much opportunity, but it's just talent wise. The dude is talented. He's a premier athlete. He is going to get wide open. It, it's, you just can't block the dude, and I'm just betting on pure talent. Yeah, he has Geno Smith. Oh, okay, that's great. He still did. He still did pretty good with him without him. And in the same way, you know, if I'm taking a look at players, if you're younger and if you're talented, I'm gonna take a chance on you. Yeah, and my last one is Dak Prescott to my brother in the eighth round, end of the eighth round. I mean, I know that he's gonna be his backup as he already has Josh Allen, but that's a great value pick right there. Fact that. Dak fell all the way to the eighth round. I mean, even if he decides to dangle him like a like a trade chip, like he did last year with uh with Matt Stafford, I mean, you know, it could bring him in return a, a solid rotational player too. So I mean, I thought that that was a smart move in the move in the eighth round. But yeah, I mean, before we move on to our next topic, how are you guys feeling about your teams? Do you guys feel like like you got you guys drafted some championship contenders. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it comes down to the homework you did before the draft. You know, did you? You know, it's just not targeting players and being locked into it. Because I think if you go that route, if you don't get those players and you almost feel like you lost, I think it's just get 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 exposed to as many players as possible, and just you know evaluate them as a on a per player basis and get exposure to different players. You know, if you limit your player pool, then 
then you sort of then you sort of have to reach. And when you don't get that player that you wanted in the first round, then yeah, you're going to be disappointed and you're just not as interested. So I like the team I fielded. You know, they could absolutely all be bust, every single one of them. But uh, I did my homework, you know, and I like the team I drafted. I have, you know, I get zero wins this season, so be it. If I win it all, so be it. It, you know, it's just all about enjoying the the ride. As Russell puts it, you know, let's ride. One of those moments. Yeah, I I definitely like my or I love my draft actually. Um, I followed my um my strategy, uh, round by round. Um, like round three, we were talking about Kyle Pitts. It's a round three for me is a wide receiver, a top tight end. I went top tight end, right? Um, round six, top QB. I went Lamar Jackson. So it's it's one of those things where I stuck to the game plan and you know, I for me, I think I made the right decisions and I took um, you know, the guys in terms of like the later rounds, the best players available. Um to me, you know, um like a JD McKissick. I mean, he's he's a guy that's gonna give you any anywhere between eight to thirteen points, um, which is you know, consistent. Um but yeah, I mean, I love my draft. I think um, it's a good team, and you know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I'm excited with mine. I mean, I value wide receiver more than running back in every draft. I I continued that strategy. Um, I I'd usually gone running back if I had a top five pick, but there was no way that I was going to lose out on Justin Jefferson. So I went with who I thought would give me the best value, and I I trust him and. I ended up with um, three wide receivers in the first three rounds. Uh, it's unconventional, but it's a good stack to have. And um, and it'll make up for having a slightly weaker running back corpse. Um, but I, overall, I'm satisfied with my team. I feel like it's well-rounded. I missed out on on Murray and, um, and Hertz. Um, they were the two that I was eyeballing. Um, but I was still able to get Burrow. So, so I have... Have QB solidified. I I have wideout solidified, and I feel like I feel like I have a solid team once again, a solid foundation. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, best of luck to everybody, and you know, I hope hope it's a good competitive year, and hopefully, you know, the best team wins. I don't. I just want to dominate. I'll be flat out honest. I want to well, get back to the. I want to get back to the championship game. Yeah, like I, it's been a long time since I've been really competitive so I, I want to um get my chip back and i've been there three years in a row guys so like you know like like it's a, it's a you know you're bound to have like a early round exit or like not even make the playoffs at some point i just hope that this is not the year yet hopefully you know this is fourth year in a row you know you you hope hopefully i have the brady effect you know hopefully like i'm like the bill belichick of a fantasy football but you never know you know you can't control the health of these players they are you know you you draft your team at the beginning of the year and you hope they can stay healthy but usually you know i know at least i make like a a lot of moves usually i if i don't have the most um waiver moves by the end of the year i'm usually like second or third um i know you guys are active on the waiver wire as well so like you know, that I think that that's why we're always competitive because we're always making moves. Junie just unfortunately before you said have to run two teams. So like, you know, it 
it, two te- it, two teams and I was a commissioner. Yeah. Yeah, two teams plus and, being and, the commissioner. And, and and you guys see how difficult it is to be the commissioner. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. And I'm like, only the like, co- and I'm the co-commissioner, you it, know. So like Brad's like the main commissioner. I'm like the guy that comes out and does rounds 3 and 4, you know. Yeah. It's like pulling teeth being being the commissioner of fantasy football league. Yeah. And I, I feel like Brad and I are learning, you know, we're, we're, we're taking our first steps as that, in that role. And, um, but yeah, it's going to be an exciting year. Hopefully we all make it to the, the playoffs and hopefully, um, the, the championship is decided by one of us three or my brother, anybody except Benito. I, I cannot handle Benito talking about being the, the champion. Like I just, you know, we know that we, we would not be able to, let that one down like he would yeah. wor- he would make a t-shirt with his record on it i'm rooting for you benito i'm rooting for you <laughs> you want him to make the t-shirt oh yeah go all yeah. in yeah go yeah. all in he would he would make a t-shirt yeah we'll see what happens but you know now moving on um let's talk about predictions for the year like you know who we think is going to be the mvp who we think is going to be the defensive play of the year the the coach of the year, the um the most surprising team of the year, the and the rookie of the year. So we'll begin with the bit the the top one. Um MVP. I'll start with you, Junie. Who who is your selection to be the MVP for this season? My MVP is like many other people's opinion, it's gonna be Josh Allen. Um it's simple. I mean, 14 seconds is in his brain. The dude is motivated. You know, we talked about that mentality. He has that Kobe Mamba mentality. I think he, I think he's on a mission. You know, he's he knows he's better than these quarterbacks. And, you know, he knows he he knows if he played the Bengals, they would have won. Like he just needed that chance to to get to the game. And unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes at the ball at the end of the game. You know, I, I think he's going to set records this year. I don't know what records he's going to set, but in terms of passing yards, touchdowns, I think he's going to go all out, and this is his homecoming. Yeah, I think it's unanim- unanimous. I don't know if Brad's going to have a different selection, but I definitely agree with you. I, I see him breaking Mahomes' records from three years ago. Like, I, I, I just – I think he's on a mission. He's – I mean, he – he 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 is looking like he quite possibly could be the steal of our mock draft too of our um, fantasy football draft too just because of the numbers he's likely to put up. He's gonna put up monstrous numbers not only with his with his arm but with his legs too. So like you know like that that's gonna be hard to beat. Like when you have your QB weekly like giving you thirty to forty points. Like I mean I. I really don't see who can compete him with him this year for MVP, but who knows? Brad usually likes to be the contrarian, so maybe he'll you know he'll Josh have Al- Josh Allen is you know he's the odds on favorite, especially after you watch last night game. That's sort of a chalk pick, uh, you know. Just to play you know devil's advocate, it's it's not really that much of a reach, but Justin Herbert, um, he's young, he's got the tools, he's got the team around him, much like a Josh Allen. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't run it as good. You know, he's not going to be as, you know, sports center top 10, but I think the dude has a better arm. I think arm talent wise, he's much better uh, than Allen. And I think he can light it up this year. Um, 
I, I think both players are in systems where they are set up to succeed. They're both young. They're both hungry. Um, you know, either of them could take it. Um, yeah, I'd go Justin Herbert here. Yeah, I, I know. I know that Brad's heart is, or his brain is saying, um, Josh Allen, but he he wanted to play the devil's advocate, so we'll give it to him. Yeah, and the thing with the with MVPs, it, it very rarely does it go to the preseason favorite. Um, so I mean, the hype is there. Um, I think ultimately, what's going to push it to Justin Herbert is he's going to be in better games. The game script, but he gets to play the NFC West. True. It's shootouts out there. He gets to play that, you know, the Raiders twice, the Chiefs twice, Denver twice. He's going to be on primetime a whole lot more out on the West Coast, higher scoring games. I think the stat, he's going to stat pad it much more than Allen, and it's going to be hard to resist him as, you, as a vote. Good point. What about for defensive player of the year? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a newcomer um out west. I'm gonna go with Khalil Mack. I mean he's gonna have a comeback Ooh, year. He's wow. gonna have a comeback year. I think people are sleeping on him. They're thinking that he's washed up, but that what they should realize is that he was playing in fucking Chicago, man. Like, you know, and and he was like on an island by himself on that team. Like I like now he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be in LA. There's plenty of weapons. You know, he's got the Bosa brother. Um, I think, and Derwin James, like he's going to be in a really good defense and I think he's going to shine. He's going to, he's going to, I think he's going to be the top sack leader too for the year. What about you, Brad? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Joey Bosa, uh, same team. Um, obviously not Nick Bosa. Ooh. But I, I just think Joey Bose is going to get the sacks. Khalil Herbert, I think he's going to definitely contribute. But it's Bose's defense. We all know it. That that defense is loaded. If Derwin James was MVP, um, you know, that, that one also wouldn't surprise me. But I think that defense is loaded top to bottom. Um, Joey Bosa getting all the sacks. What about you, Jenny? I got to go with Micah Parsons. I mean, the year he put out last year rookie of the year 13 sacks three forced fumbles um the guy was everywhere 80 84 combined tackles i don't see him letting up i mean the guy is probably the best linebacker in the league right now um other than darius leonard i mean the guy can go sideline to sideline he can get to the quarterback he can cover wide receivers i mean he can do it all and i think dallas is going to be you know, back and forth offense and defense a lot this year. And I, I think he's going to make a lot of plays. And I don't know, I just see him, um, you know, getting that uh, defensive player of the year. And now coach of the year. I'll start with you, Junie, on this one. Who is your pick for coach of the year? My pick is a, a new coach, um, AFC West, uh, Josh McDaniels. I think the Raiders are going to be much better. Um, I can see them winning 11, 12 games um, in the AFC West. And um, I think he um, definitely learned from his first go around with Denver. Um, obviously, he's much more seasoned now. He has a better quarterback. He has better skill position players. Um, and uh, let's face it, I mean, you know, this team is 
if this team is a playoff team and you know, who knows, they might be a Super Bowl team. So, um, but for me, it's going to be Josh McDaniels. What about you, Brad? Yeah, for me, when I'm taking a look at coach of the year, it's really one of the newer uh, head coaches, you know, first year, second year. Those are the coaches that I would target. And for me, I think Nick Sirianni. I think he, the, the roster that they have over there is complete. I think they play in a very competitive division. It's absolutely winnable. And I think that, you know, they made all the right offseason moves. I think they might have the I think they might have the best offensive line in all of football. The biggest offensive line by far. And it matches up, I think, what with what Philly is going to want to do for this season. I think they're gonna sort of take it, you know, Derrick Henry Derek the route of Derrick Henry in the play action fake and really set up Jalen Hurts to be that guy. And just hit AJ Brown. I, I, uh, this construction is good from top to bottom. One of the better ones in the NFL. Um, Nick Sirianni gets my vote. My vote goes to Peterson with the Jaguars. I think that, I think that they're gonna compete for the that that division title in the South. I think that division's up for grabs, and Peterson's a really good coach. I know that he kind of had a rough ending in Philly, but like. He is a solid coach. Lawrence is a is a good young quarterback, and they have Travis Etienne coming back from injury too. Like I feel like they have a solid squad. They got Christian Kirk in the in free agency. I think they're 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 due for a for a big year, and um, especially when you only won like two games last year, two three games. I think you know Peterson helping them get to ten or eleven. I think that would put them up in the running for coach of the year. Um, and now the, the, the last one is who is going to be the most surprising team this upcoming season. I'll start with you, Brad. Uh, yeah, to me, I think the most surprising team, and it shouldn't be all that surprising. If you watched them last year, they're pretty competitive. Um, but the Miami dolphins, yes, they play in the same division as the Buffalo bills, but the defense is good. Right, they bring in Mike McDaniel's. They get Tyreek Kill. Um, you know, all arrows point up, and I think that they're going to be much improved. Um, it's really prove it time for Tua. Um, it's there are other teams that are set up better, but when I take a look at at, at this team, they sort of have all the all the it factors going for them. Um, not a lot of team, not a lot of pundits or experts are high on them unless you're in the, the you know, in Miami or Florida, if you're, or if you're one of those fans. And there are definitely sexier picks out there, but I, I, I think Miami's going to have a huge turnaround. What about for you, Jenny? I gave you guys a false pick. I wanted to keep you guys guessing. You guys know who I'm going with, Washington Commanders. New quarterback, better skill position players. Chase Young is coming back. Easiest schedule in the league. I think we are going to at least win 10, 11 games, um, and we are going to make the playoffs. I know that division is going to be competitive, um, but in terms of 
um, sleepers. I pick them because a lot of people aren't picking us. A lot of people think, you know, we're garbage, we're trash, you know, which, you know, hey, you know, that, you know, it, they have the right to say that. I mean, we haven't, you know, played our best in the last couple of years. And um, I think Carson Wentz has a lot to prove. And I think this is his best opportunity, especially with all the weapons he has. I mean, he has receivers, he has tight ends, he has running backs. He has a coach that believes in him, you know, so, and he has a defense. So for me, it's going to be my team, my home team, the Washington Commanders. For me, it's going to be the Detroit Lions. Telling you guys, man, can't sleep on this team. Dan Campbell, he's a good coach. They got the hometown kid, Hutchinson, you know, Monron St. Brown. He's he had a big rookie year. Jameson Williams is gonna join the fold soon. Um, by like week six or by week seven. Um, Darren Swift is healthy. I I think that they they're gonna make the playoffs. At the very least, they're going to compete for one of those final wild card spots. So I definitely think they're going to be in that nine or ten win range, which should have Dan Campbell in contention for a coach of the year. Even if they don't make the playoffs, he should be in contention for it because they they would be coming from three wins. So I I expect big things from Detroit this year. They they have their first sellout in I don't know how many years. Um, so fans are excited. Um, they're believing and. I, I think Dan Campbell's given that city reason to hope. Yeah, I mean, that's the tall order. I mean, to triple or quadruple, you know, your win total from last year, three wins, you know, to try and get to nine, it's it's pretty daunting. I, I You know, when I'm taking a look at these teams, I'm taking a look at those teams that are on the edge. And I, to me, I, I like Washington as well, because when you take a look at Washington as a team, they were seven and 10 last year. You know, a couple games go their way, and you know, then they're in the double-digit win column. Same thing with Miami, nine and eight. You know, so they sort of get mixed in the shuffle, and I don't think get enough credit. But both teams were very competitive until the end, and we're not looking for you know three, or we're not looking for you know six, seven additional wins. Both teams are honestly only looking for three wins, three more wins for both teams, and you're in the playoffs. Would you guys throw Carolina in there? Um, you know, Carolina, they're one of those teams that they're five and twelve with a healthy Christian McCaffrey, Baker Mayfield, it's all set for them. I think I just think the AFC South, they've just they've narrowed the gaps uh with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think New Orleans is much improved, Atlanta is much improved, and Carolina, they're sort of the same team. From last year, they're just going to be healthier. Definitely going to be an interesting year. I think it might be one of the hardest years to predict. Like, not so much the top of the card, but like, kind of like who's going to be like competing for those wild card spots, who's going to be competing for some of those more like on the edge division titles, like in the NFC East. You know, we used to call it the NFC Least for the last few years, but I definitely. You know, I think the Cowboys are still going to be there, the Eagles and the and the Commanders. There's three teams that are going to be competitive this year. The Giants are the only bad team in that division. Um, I think that for the longest time, Green Bay had a firm grasp on the North, but I think that, you know, Minnesota is going to be very competitive this year, and I think Detroit's not going to be as bad as they have been. And, you know, Chicago, eh, Chicago might actually be the worst team in that division this year. So it's definitely a tricky year. 
Um, I think we'll by like week five, we'll have a good understanding on like kind of like who is living up to the hype, who is ahead of the curve and and who is where we expected them to be. But, you know, we actually already had a game played um, last night. We had the first game of the season. We had um, Bills at the Rams, like um, I was mentioning to you guys off off air. Um, the Bills looked like they were playing a regular season game and the Rams looked like they were playing their fourth preseason game. Um, they were just flat. The Bills just completely dominated them. Um, if the Bills wouldn't have made those mistakes in the first half, it would have been an even bigger um, margin of victory. So definitely a complete domination for 60 minutes from the Bills. Um, what were your guys' initial thoughts on on how the game turned out? Um, you know, it was more of a blowout than I was expecting. Um, but I thought LA would be much more competitive, but they've got their work to do. Um they'll get together. They're too good not to, you know not to figure this out, but it's definitely a wake-up call for them, especially on national TV. You know, everyone saw how bad they looked. Yeah, it it honestly didn't surprise me. I did pick the Bills going into this game. I thought Josh Allen um, wanted to set the tone for the year or for the season uh, by pretty much punking the champs in LA, uh, which he did. Um, it doesn't surprise me that LA's defense gave up 31 points. I think they're overrated, honestly. Uh, Jalen Ramsey got burned all night. Uh, Aaron Donald is a great player, but other than that, I mean, um, you know, they do have Bobby Wagner now. But in terms of the game, um, I was just impressed with Josh Allen. I mean, it was it was just Josh Allen was everywhere. You know, he was making all the throws, intermediate, long throws. He hit digs deep. You know, he ran uh, for a touchdown. Wags couldn't stop him. And, um, you know, I think L.A. still um, still is definitely going to be competitive. But, um, you know, sometimes when people win Super Bowls or championships, they have that hangover. And I think they did. So let me ask you as a question, the money that was invested in a Bobby Wagner, should they have invested that money in the offensive line? Um, You know, it's still too early to say, but, yeah, you have to. If you're going to win this league, you have to do it in the trenches. Um, but Bobby Wagner is just one of those dudes where you're trying to fill in for, you know, a Von Miller. You're trying to find that playmaker in the middle of that defense. And they thought that, you know, he would be the answer to it. There's still, you know, 16 more games that they have to play um, to figure it out. So there's still enough time, but they've got to figure something out with that offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, it's the offensive line. And I think it's the elbow of Stafford, honestly. I mean, we saw him feel he was he looked uncomfortable the whole game. Um, he was getting hit. And, um, you know, I know he likes to be flashy with the no-look throws, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you're hurt, man. Like, you're not 100%. You know, your throws aren't getting to, you know, the places where, you know, you want them to be. And uh, for Stafford, I mean, it's it, it's it's a matter of can he stay healthy all season? Because let's face it, if he's out, LA's out. You know, C Cooper Cup isn't going to be as good. Um it's he's he's pretty much the heartbeat of the team and and you know if he's not there la's done yeah it's it's a scary world for them um yeah and behind behind stafford yeah and and let's let's also be honest i mean they have to play 16 other 
road games. If you saw last game, you know, last night's game wasn't a home game for them. Bill's Mafia showed out. Um, take a look at when the Niners came into town. There was a reason why they didn't want to sell tickets to them. Um, you're playing on the road. If you don't get leads early, uh, your crowd's not interested and they're not going to help to bail you out. The Rams, um, you know, they've got to get behind their team, um, get more, you know, Rams jerseys in there. You're the defending Super Bowl champs for crying out loud. Um, yeah. Have a bit more pride out there, but yeah, I, I expect that to happen a lot. You know, other fans just come to town and it's like a 50-50 split in the and stadium. The same, it's the same thing with the Chargers too. It's the when you move teams, you know, when you relocate them, this is what happens. I understand that the Rams were in LA before, but let's be real, a lot of those fans are no longer alive. Like, I mean, they were in St. Louis for the longest time. You can't just expect them to have a big fan base in LA overnight, you know. So um, yeah, the Chargers and the Rams, that is their biggest deficit, is the fact that they play um 17 road games every year. Um and that's how it'll continue to be until they're able to build a loyal fan base. Um, you would think a Super Bowl victory would bring would would accelerate that process, but we it doesn't work like that. Especially like city like LA that is a melting pot of so many fan bases, and you know you got loyal fan bases like the Bills. They'll travel. Junie will tell you the Commander fan base will travel. They won't fill up the FedEx Field and and and. Maryland, but they'll but they'll travel well to other um road games. Niners fans travel well, Bucks fans, like and you know, they'll be willing to come. But now that we have our first game of the season under our belts, um, we still have, you know, the rest on Sunday. But who is your guys' Super Bowl picks? Two the too early to tell Super Bowl picks. Yeah, I mean, I'll start it off here. Um, you know, if you take a look at who I picked to be MVP and defensive MVP, it's obvious. I think the Chargers are going to win it all, and they're going to beat the Packers in in the Super Bowl. Um, Packers, yeah. I think, are a, you know, they still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have some questions to figure it out. Um, I, I, I think that this adversity will help them down the road. The defense is still good. Um, you know, Play calling is going to have to get a lot better, but, you know, it, it's hard to root against a guy that is the, you know, back-to-back MVP of this league. And, you know, who's just going to lose to the MVP this year, unfortunately. What are for you, Junie? All right, guys, I'm throwing a curveball. Um, AFC Raiders, I think uh, the... D.A. Derek Carr connection is going to be crazy. I think they're going to have enough um, on the defensive end with Chandler Jones and um, and uh, Crosby. Uh, but on the NFC side, I'm going to switch it up, guys. I'm going to go Cardinals. Um, I think, uh, you know, the Super Bowl is in Arizona this year. And I think Kyler Murray is going to take that next step. I think he's going to put the the controllers down, the Call of Duty down, and I think he is going to show people why he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks. I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you have Hollywood Brown now. Um, obviously, you got uh, Buda Baker on the other side, uh, probably the best safety in the game. 
And um, I feel like they are going to win that division and um, they're going to make a statement. And my pick is not going to be as flashy. I'm going with what many expect to be the, the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with Bills representing the AFC and the Bucks representing the NFC. I think Brady in his last year will make it back to the Super Bowl. But contrary to what you guys might believe, I am actually picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I love my Bucks, but I don't think anything is going to stop Josh Allen and the Bills this year. They are on a mission. They know that they know the the track record they have for you know losing four years in a, four Super Bowls in a row. So like, um, it's not going to happen again. Um, I think this year is the is finally the year that the Bills get over the hump. Bills Mafia is going to be excited. My, I along with all the Bucks fans will be heartbroken, but I mean. You got you gotta you you gotta be excited for um Josh Allen and, and that team. It's a young squad. They're they're the most exciting team to watch and um it'll make for a great Super Bowl. Yeah, I think uh the Bills need to send Giselle a check um because um they already stopped Tampa Bay or she stopped Tampa Bay already because to be honest, man, I don't think they're gonna be as good. I think Tom Brady is gonna be, you know, he's I don't think he's focused right now. I think he's discombobulated. You know, he's. He, when have you seen Tom Brady that affected like that? You know, that's yeah. That that that's rare. I don't think I've ever seen him. Even with the flake gate, he didn't look this. You know, out of it. Um, it's definitely gonna have an impact. I think that they will get together. But you know, new season. I, I really like. You know, I don't like the the trendy picks of the Bills. Yes, they're a young, up and coming team. But you know, I I sort of like variety in my picks, and I and and I'm targeting, you know, teams that are hungry, uh, teams that did it did something in the off season. And yeah, I, I do like the Raiders pick one of those those teams that you know they they definitely have an outside shot. But if it happened, you wouldn't sit there and say, well, no one saw this coming. You know, they they made the moves that they wanted to. They they're all in on trying to get to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. you just hope that um that Call of Duty doesn't release right around that time. Um that's that's the only thing. Hey, you know that a go a great player like Kyler Murray can make time for everything. Hey, Plus, I mean, you know, Kobe didn't sleep, you know, so does Kyler Murray really need sleep? Uh he 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 will. You will, especially like Junie said, that pass rush. Uh, you're gonna need some sleep. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's crazy. We didn't talk at all about Lamar. You know the Ravens. Like no talk of the Ravens. You know no talk about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It's crazy. It's a new era in football, man. Like, you know, it's not like the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean the team we left out of the AFC West. A team that was Chiefs, just been yeah. there, yeah, two out of three years. Chiefs, you know, um, it wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, I'm sort of tired of the Chiefs. Yeah, being would in you, there. Would you guys be surprised if the Chiefs finish fourth in the West? Oh, absolutely. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Worst case, yeah, second, third. I think worst case, third. I think San Diego and, or I'm sorry, I think Vegas and LA uh, Chargers. I think they're going to be one and two. I see Denver being that fourth team. I, I don't see Russell Wilson being that. Russell Wilson isn't the same guy anymore. Um, he hasn't been the same guy ever since Sierra. And um, I don't see anything changing. I mean, 
with Denver um, is 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 um, Sutton better than Metcalf? You know, no. is is Judy better than Lockett? No. You know, there's these questions that I'm just kind of like, okay, you know what? I do like the move, but at the same time, you know, is he really going into a better situation? Yeah, that defense is really good, but in terms of the offense, you know, I do yeah. like Javante Williams, but for me, I think Denver finishes fourth. That'll be interesting to see. But now let's talk about, you know, five games that really stand out to us in week one. Um, we'll start start with you, Jenny. What's the first game that really caught your eye? It's going to be Panthers and Browns. Um, it's going to be a dogfight right there. Yeah, we all know why Baker Mayfield is, pay, is playing his ex-team. Um, this game is actually even right now, the spread. Um, so even Vegas thinks that, uh, that, that Carolina, um, has a chance in this game. Um, obviously Deshaun Watson is not playing in this game, but I think, um, you know, for me, I'm excited to see Baker, um, show people why he's still, you know, a good quarterback, you know, is he elite? No, but he did make Cleveland better. And I think Cleveland is going to, um, eat their words, especially with, you know, what's going on with this Deshaun Watson case. We still don't know if, you know, if the 11 games is going to be, you know, the final suspension for him. Um, I see McCaffrey balling out. Uh, DJ Moore is probably going to have a bigger year, especially now with a with a legit quarterback. And uh, with Cleveland, I mean, you got Jacoby, you know, running the um, the quarterback position. Um, they're going to rely heavily on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I know Mari Cooper's there now, but at the same time, I mean, you know, do I do I trust Jacoby? No, but um, obviously their defense is going to be huge for Cleveland. Uh, but in this game, I see Carolina winning. I, th- I think Baker has a lot to prove, and he has a big chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I agree. I I think this game Carolina should win it. Although you know Baker doesn't do his team any, he doesn't give him any help by giving him you know, the Browns, all this locker board, this locker room material, um, you know, that's just a bad move. Uh, you know, you'd expect that he would have matured at this point, but we all know that that's just who Baker is. And if that's who you are, do you, um, it comes down to the rosters at this point. Um, Carolina has the better roster for me, you know, fantasy football wise, um, Carolina, you know, you got CMC, you're starting him. If you have DJ Moore, you're starting him. I, um, I don't think there's m- there's much on that side of the field for Carolina. And on the Browns, you're obviously going to start Mick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is going to be a flex option. Um, and Joku, I think if you're looking for tight ends, he's one that you could start. But I don't think any of these starter, the, these quarterbacks should be started unless you're really in a pinch. There's nothing available, then you can go Baker. But, um, you know, I'm staying away from Amari Cooper in this game as well. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, you also have to wonder, you know, how that matchup of Miles Garrett against uh, um, Baker Mayfield is going to be, you know, old teammates. Like, you know, I'm, we know Baker like to, to talk. So, like, you know his old teammates are going to want to hit him. Like, you know, and – so it'll be interesting to see. I I mean, I think I think Cleveland will be able to hang in there for eleven games. Um, 
as long as Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are healthy, I think they're going to be competitive in most games because that run, that one-two punch at run and that running attack is 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 hard to keep up with because like you know they 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 both play their roles really well, which is why I think Cleveland should pay Kareem Hunt because that those are their best weapons that running game. Um, but you know it's going to be a good game. Um, another game that popped out was uh the Chargers Raiders. You know, like we know how you know went game week eighteen last year. Um, you know it should have been a tie, but then the Chargers coach called the timeout. Um, and then pissed off the Raiders. So the Raiders actually gained yards and kicked the game-winning field goal. Um, what do you guys expect from that game? Not uh, obviously high scoring. Um. You know, new weapons, offenses galore, defense, uh, you know, speed on the edge, going to get QB pressure. This is going to be an overall an entertaining game to watch. I think the over-under is 52. Um, it, uh, it's going to be a great game. Um, you know, possible AFC championship implications. We know there's going to be implications for the AFC West. I mean, we could be watching it, you know, Week one, a lot of people had Rams Bills pegged as a Super Bowl. It wouldn't surprise me if in week one, you know, the AFC championship happened right before our eyes and we're gonna be circling back to this game and, and say, you know, the writing was was all there for for us. And you know, fantasy wise, I, I think there's a lot to like in this game. Um, Justin Herbert. You got Justin Herbert, you're you're starting him, you know, for the Chargers. You're starting Austin Eckler, right? Keenan Allen, you're starting him. Mike Williams, starting him. Um, and, and, you know, that's just on the Chargers. And, and and for the Raiders, Derek Carr, you know, he's sort of one of those quarterbacks that you can consider to stream. But Devontae Adams is going to eat in this game. Um, you know, there, yeah, there, there's still questions on Waller. You know, is, is it a holdout or is it really an injury? I think Hunter Hen, Hunter Renfro is going gonna, is gonna, to, you know, have a big game and a lot of people are going to be second guessing themselves. Jacobs? Yeah. And we'll just go back to Hunter to Renfro. I, I think with him, a lot of people, when, when you st- see his line, his fantasy production, you're going to wonder why you, why you didn't just pick him up in the seventh round, because I think he's typically going in rounds eight, nine, 10. Um, he's going to be that guy. And you know, the, the Raiders, uh, I think we have to see the real question is running back by committee. Josh McDaniels, we know what he did in in New England. You know, he he brings over some of some of his uh, players from over there. They they pick up Amir Abdullah. Um, they let go of Kenyon Drake. We, it's to me, it's looking like running back by committee. But what percentage and who's going to be the lead back? If I'm if I'm taking a look at this game, I'm really hesitant to start Josh Jacobs. I'm more or less interested in who's getting the passing down work because in Mike Mac. Mike McDaniel's offense, I think that's very valuable, a la James White. And who's going to get the goal line work? Okay, if if it's Amir Abdullah, Josh Jacobs could could very well get the bulk of the work, you know, 55, 60% of the snaps. But if he's not catching passes and if he has no touchdown opportunity, he's not worth it at this point. I'd much rather, you know, try and pick up an Amir Abdullah, uh, Zamir White, Brandon Bolden, someone that can do that sort of work for you. 
Yeah, this game is going to be a, um, I think it's going to be a shootout, honestly. The over under right now is 52. I would definitely go over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time they played, uh, it was 35 to 32 when the, the Raiders uh, won that uh, game to go into the playoffs or to get into the playoffs. Uh, Storylines Khalil Mack playing his old team uh, with the Raiders. Uh, you got Devontae Adams suiting up for the first time for the Raiders. Um, I think the real question is is JC Jackson going to play? Yeah. Uh, he came from uh, New England, uh, but he's questionable right now. So um, if J.C. Jackson is not there, you know, I, De- Devontae Adams eats either way. But if J.C. Jackson is not there, you know, expect a Cooper Cup game from Devontae Adams. Um, I see him having uh, at least 10 catches in this game. I mean, um, but in terms of the AFC West, this is a statement game, you know, in terms of who wins this game. And I think... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, who comes out on top. Um, I'm, I'm picking the Raiders in this one. Um, I think they, um, they're going to set the tone in this game uh, with DA. Um, and then obviously they're going to finish it off with Hunter Renfro. So I'm picking the Raiders in this game. Yeah. Agreed. I think, I think the Raiders are going to win on their road home game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. This is a statement plant your flag type game. You know, let the let let the rest of the league know. And you know, like sometimes when you get these these two high powered offenses that don't really see each other, you get games like the Bills and the Rams that we were expecting more of. But two divisional opponents that are way too familiar with each other. other. Yeah, I mean, they circled this the second they had it, and you know, I think it's must see TV. And next we got the the Packers at the Vikings, another division game. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, who was Michael Irwin's uh, MVP pick, you know, yeah. um, you know, Justin Jefferson, you know, many, you know, many expect him to have an even bigger year than he did last year. Um, many want to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to look like without Devontae Adams. I mean, I think, you know, he's he's still a multiple-time MVP. He's still a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he will still put up great numbers. I like the, I like the Packers still in that division. Um, it's obviously not going to be the same without Devontae Adams, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers is definitely good at elevating players to their above what their potential is. And this is a great opportunity for him to elevate these young uh, wide receivers that no one expects anything out of. Um, we'll see which one shines from the pack, but it's definitely a game that I'm looking forward to. I'm always excited to see Aaron Rodgers play. Um, but yeah, what do, what, what do you guys expect from this game? I expect the actually the Vikings to win this game. I think um, Green Bay is not giving me a good feeling this year. Uh, losing DA's big. I understand that when they when they uh when they didn't resign Jordy, they were okay. DA stepped up. Um, but I don't believe in Sammy Watkins. Alan Lazard is already hurt. Um, I know training camp, people are talking about Romeo Dubes, um, Christian Watson. Can these guys step up? Sure. But in terms of this game, Justin Jefferson all day, uh, Kirk cousins. I mean, I'm not a big Kirk guy, but you know, he, he's decent. And, um, a lot of Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's 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 a rivalry. It's an NFC North rivalry, and it's uh, Minnesota's playing at home, and I just see them winning. Yeah, I mean, over under forty eight points. 
Um, you know, a lot of question marks in this game. And I agree with Junie. I think Minnesota has all the trending arrows and I'd pick them to win this game. Um, there's much more questions for Green Bay than there are for Minnesota. With Minnesota, we know that they, you, you know, they got the sexy hire and in, in O'Connell and that Rams passing offense, right? And now you get Justin Jefferson, then you get an Adam Thielen. What are they going to look like? Uh, you know, training camp reports that they've been wide open, you know, much more so than usual. You got Dalvin Cook, you know, is he going to have that Todd Gurley type year that a lot of people are saying that, you know, the touchdowns are going to be there for him this year. And, you know, and and like you said, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins, he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, fringe QB1, you're going to start him. Obviously, the previous three names I mentioned, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, you're going to start him. Thielen's a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. So it really depends on what you have in front of them. But really all the question marks come on, on Green Bay side of the ball. Um, we don't know who their wide receiver one is. Aaron Rodgers does not take, he doesn't like wide receivers that don't know where they're supposed to be. And there's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises early on. I think they'll get it together in the later half, but these six weeks are going to be brutal for them. Um, Minnesota knows that they got torched last year by Aaron Rodgers did like 360 yards on average and three touchdowns. Minnesota is definitely wanting to get the statement win for this division. Um, running backs for green Bay, Aaron, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, what's the split like? I think both are valuable. If you have both, you can play both Dillon, especially at the flex wide receiver wise. Outside of Alan Lazard, I'm not really going to touch any anyone in Green Bay. It's sort of a wait and see. If you're feeling lucky, you can see week one Sammy Watkins out there. He'll pop and then disappear for the rest of the year. Very true. And, who, would, uh, who, who would you guys pick out of that receiving core for fantasy if you had to gamble? Christian Watson, Romeo Dubes, Alan Lazard. I mean, Lazard for me. Uh, are we talking like just week one or are we talking no, rest no, of the no, season? Just rest of the season. Who do you who do you guys think is going to be that number one wide receiver? I like Alan Lazar because he's big. He's a big guy. He's a he's six five, big body receivers. Um I think I think he ha- he has all the tools to put it together. Now he hasn't up to now. It, you know, last year we expected him to have a bigger year. He didn't. This year he is the number one, so he needs to make that jump. If he he meets that potential, I definitely could see him by the end of the year ending up as like a top top twenty receiver. Yeah, it would have to be Lazard. Um, you know, just because he's played the most with him. Although you know, Randall Cobb is one of those guys out there that he's got a great relationship. I think PPR wise, I think he's going to be a steal. He may not get the yards or the touchdown, but I think Randall Cobb's probably going to be the most steady early on in the season. And from there, and then after that, you know, it's going to be, you know, Romeo or Christian. It's going to be one of those guys. Next game on the on the deck, um, Cardinals Chiefs. Man. What, we're getting some uh, some really good games week one. Mahomes versus Kyler Murray, the ultimate you know playbook um, genius versus the ultimate Call of Duty player. Uh, 
something's got to give here. Cleef Kinsbury, you know, we know he has the, the big mansion in uh, Arizona. He's got the baller look to him. You know, he's got that part down. He's got the look down. Now, can he actually coach a team to Super Bowl contention? That's the big question with him. Arizona, it's no more about, like, can they make the playoffs? Like, no, they need – it's like, to me, with them, it's Super Bowl bust, especially because the Super Bowl is in their backyard. Um, do you guys expect them to make a statement against Mahomes and the Chiefs in week one? Um, No, honestly, I don't think either team are – they're trying to make that statement. I think they're – they're just trying to figure out their identity for the rest of the season. In this game, I think both teams would be content with losing. I don't think it's one where they circled it and say, you know, this is the one we want to win. Um, you know, over under 53.5, um, you know, the most expensive ticket uh, out of all the week one games. Some crazy stat, stat line of like 23 grand for some of these tickets. Star power all over the field. Um, but also a lot of question marks. And, and you know, this is actually the the division matchup we wanted to see. AFC West versus NFC West. We're going to get a lot more of this. You know, Kansas City against Arizona. We're, you know, Raiders we're, 49ers. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's just going to be all over the field. And I think those are just going to be high scoring games. And that's what we can expect, you know, fantasy wise out, out of this game, you know, for Kansas City. Really, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. If you have, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think you can start him as a wide receiver three or flex. But, you know, it's really of those wait and see. I, I wouldn't feel pot, you know, all that confident rolling him out in your lineup because he may not get the work and it may be someone else in that offense. Um, CEH, you know, if you have running backs better than him on your roster, start him over it um but he's one of those guys where it's also a you know a wait and see type deal um and for arizona you're going to start kyler murray we know this um james connor is going to be started um marquise brown Brown, hollywood brown you're starting him nope zach Ertz. yeah especially now that we are receiving word on rondale Moore. um you know i'd feel more comfortable with that and no Rondell Moore means that you know we might see some usage out of an AJ Green so it wouldn't surprise me if he got he got some work and and was a waiver wire darling this week but fantasy points galore in this game it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch much like you know the Raiders Chargers um it's one that I want to see yeah I agree I think this game is going to be um a great it's going to be a shootout uh the th- the key with arizona is how can we stay consistent all season right they they always start off hot and then they start to lose towards the end of the season um i think the last the last five games they were uh four uh, one and four last year um obviously not good um in terms of their offense um you know incorporating marquise brown um, Kyler and Marquise played in uh, Oklahoma uh, State. Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Oklahoma University, OU. Um, so I don't think they're going to lose a beat there. They know each other. You know, they understand each other. Uh, James Conner, second year in this offense, I think he's going to do what he did last year, dominate. Losing Chase Edmonds is pretty big, but I think James Conner can, um, you know, be the every down back. In terms of KC, 
no no more Tyreek Hill. Can Juju fill um, Tyreek Hill's shoes, right? I mean, there's questions um, that have to be answered. Uh, KC wasn't the same team last year. Can they compete in the AFC? Can they are they are they still that team? Can they get back to the Super Bowl? These are questions that um, that have to be answered. And uh, in this game, I'm picking Arizona. I think uh, Arizona wins. Uh, they're they're obviously my Super Bowl pick. Uh, they're they're not favored in this matchup. Uh, KC's favored uh, minus six and a half. Uh, but I see Arizona upsetting KC uh, in week one. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it's, I think it, this game has all the writings on the wall for Arizona to take it. Um, we, we don't know what Kansas city's offense is going to look like, you know, having MBS and Juju Smith Schuster is not the same thing as having Tyree kill. Um, can we call Hardman? take the next step you know he hasn't really done it up to now can't he maybe fill that Tyree kill role you know he's got the speed um but can can he take that next step and um become a more prominent member of that of that offense uh so a lot of questions on Kansas City side and I mean Arizona this is a perfect opportunity for them to make a statement victory and and start the year off on the right path yeah, in this game, I'd have to go Kansas City here. I'll take the pairing of Patrick and, and Andy Reid here over, over you know, Call of Duty boy and Mr. College head coach. Yeah, I, I know you're not big on Cliff Kingsbury because he abandoned USC before. It's all right. We're good. <laughs> Does that one still sting a little, Brad? Nah, not anymore. We're good. Yeah, and finally, last one, Monday Night Football. You know, uh, Russell Wilson gets to return home in week one. The prodigal son returns. Um, he I, he should get cheered. I know that he had re- initially requested a trade, but let's be real. Like, it was time for both parties to move on. He should be honored in Seattle. He did bring them a championship and took them to another Super Bowl. Um I, I don't think the grass is necessarily greener on the other side. I agree with you guys in that, you know, going to Denver is not going to be a lock for him to, like, going to the, the the postseason or to even make it to a Super Bowl. But I think that his ultimate goal was to get paid, and he did. So he's good. You know, he has, he's fine if they make the playoffs or not. He got his guaranteed money. You know, he got his $160 million guaranteed deal. So I mean, he's happy, you know. Him and Sierra bought a brand new home in Colorado. I, I I don't think football is the first thing on Russell Wilson's mind anymore, and I think that that's the thing we're gonna notice over the next three or four years that he's in Denver. I know he wants to be there for ten years. I think it's gonna be more of a four or five year marriage. Um, I don't think he's gonna win anything significant. He'll have some pretty solid numbers, but we'll see. You know how week one starts. Um, it's easy to say. Denver's probably going to go and blow out um, Seattle. But like I said, you know, you, you can never discount a Pete Carroll team. Um, I know that they have Geno Smith as their starting quarterback, but, you know, they still have Rashad Penny. They still have Lockett and, and DK Metcalf. So the, the weapons are still there. It's just can can Geno Smith be enough of a game manager to give um, Seattle a chance? That'll be the real question here. What, what do you guys expect out of this uh, return home game? I expect um, Denver to dominate. Honestly, uh, I don't. I don't think outside of Rashad Penny, 
and DK Metcalf. Seattle doesn't have much. Uh, I'm not a big Geno Smith fan. I think he's garbage. Um, and in, in terms of Denver, you're right, Jose. I, I, I think um, Russell Wilson, you know, the first thing, you know, when he wakes up, it's not football anymore. You know, it's it's the, you know, the Hollywood lifestyle, the the glasses, the private jets, and uh, which is okay. But at the same time, you know, he wants to be an MVP. He wants to be great. And unfortunately, he's never going to be in, in in the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers category. Not even, I I mean I, not even Brett Favre. No, you know? he's not at that level. No, he never, and, he never right, was. Right, and and honestly, you know, let's face it, that defense is the reason why they won that Super Bowl. You know, yeah. he he definitely was a big part of it because he was the the game manager, the quarterback. But at the same time. You know, his resume would look a lot different if he handed the ball to, to Marshawn Lynch. We talk about it a lot. And uh, having two Super Bowls compared to one is is a big difference. But in this game, I see Denver dominating um, a lot of Javante Williams. Um, I, I see I see um, uh, Russell Wilson uh, getting to, to a fast start and uh, the Broncos winning. Yeah, I agree on this one. Um over under 42. I think, you know, as good as the games we've gotten uh, for the weekend, unfortunately, Monday Night Football is going to be sort of a dud. I think it could very well be over by halftime. And, you know, really what you're hoping for is garbage time production, fantasy-wise. Um, you know, just taking a look at Denver, fantasy-wise, Russell Wilson, you're obviously going to roll him out there. And Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, one of the their wide receiver twos with upside. We really don't know what it's going to look like. Um, Javante Williams, I think he's going to be the clear running back one in this on that team. Um, but Melvin Gordon's going to get some too, so he's definitely he has some flux appeal. And uh, and Albert uh, Okumbuanum. He's one. To, he's a tight end. Um, there's not outside of you know the top four or five. Yeah, I think he's going to be a sexy pick uh, out there. And 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 you know for Seattle, you know much the same. I I think I, I, I their running backs are sort of a wait and see with with uh, with Richard Penny. Um, really, the only ones that I think that you can play that's going to be are going to be. DK Metcalf and possibly Tyler Lockett. Um, outside of that, Seattle's not going to have much. So hopefully the game is over by halftime and it's just garbage time. Fantasy football stat padding. Why is Rashard Penny not a top uh, fantasy running back this year or to- at least a top 10, top 15? Why is Kenneth Walker in, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the question? Why is he a part of the conversation when Rashad Penny's literally played seven games last year and had 749 yards, six touchdowns? Yeah, I mean, if to me, when I take a look at why Rashad Penny isn't, you know, didn't go into second round of, you know, most fantasy drafts is number one, because he's injury prone. We know this. That's, you know, that's a red flag right there. And number two, uh, they they sort of spent high draft capital on on you know 
Walker. I think he was a second or third day, a second day pick. Um, you know, he's sort of banged up right now. So if Rashad Penny's going to make his case, he has to do it now and early on in the season. But he's another guy that's also talented. I think the question of injury and the draft capital they spent, you're sort of torn on which way you want to go. Um, so I think that's why Rashad Penny sort of fell. It's just there. There's just too many questions around that backfield for a lot of people. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Week one's definitely gonna gonna be one for the books. Um, football is back. We're back to having something good to talk about every week. There's nothing like football season. Then October comes the NBA season as well. Like yes, whoo, sport, sports heaven, man. Sports heaven. Um, no offense to baseball, but like it's just. You know, summer is just the slowest time of the year in baseball. It's just, it's a hard sport to talk about when you play 162 games. Like, it's just, it's, you know, and so, like, best time of the year is fall, you know, football and NBA and college football and college basketball. So, a lot to talk about. Hope you guys enjoy week one of the NFL season. Hope you guys are happy with your fantasy football teams. Definitely, you know, make sure to check up on, on just how healthy players are so that you don't start a Cam Akers and then he ends up with three carries for zero yards. So, you know, just double check everything, make sure that they truly are ready. And um, yeah, best of luck to everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed our episode. And till the next time, guys, the fifth down, enjoy week one. Let's ride.